A small town that takes prom way too seriously, seen from the eyes of a queer black girl who feels as though she doesn't belong. You Should See Me in a Crown by Leah Johnson follows Liz Lighty as she decides to run for prom queen since the winner is awarded a scholarship and she needs that scholarship to be able to afford her dream college. And Lighty has always seen herself as an outsider in her town because her town is really small and really white and really, like, you know, prim, proper, like, 2.5 children, a dog, and a white picket fence type of town. And she is black and queer and poor and needs money to be able to afford college. And so that's why she decides to run for prom queen. And there is also some romance between her and a fellow prom queen competitor, which I am here for. Um, And the book is adorable, and I loved it, and a super quick read, so I think everybody will love it, and you should go read it. Books, TV, music, and movies, all things that make a big impact on everyone. I'm constantly gushing about my latest read to anyone who will listen, so I figured I'd turn my rambling into something coherent that people will actually listen to, which means no tuning out halfway through. I am Maya Ghosh, and this is my take. start with a little bit on the writing now the writing is okay I don't know why I felt this but it felt like a book that was written for middle schoolers like okay it just it it felt like one of those books that talks about high school but isn't written for high schoolers it's written for middle schoolers to read I really don't know why but I just like got that vibe from the book and I can't unthink that thought now that I've thought it and it doesn't detract from the story at all like the story is great and the characters are great and it actually does talk about like you know being queer and and being black and living in a society where you don't feel accepted but I don't know like it's just for all the promise that this book had talking about how lady is you know really does feel like she's not accepted and she's a minority within a minority within a minority and it just didn't feel very like profound and I guess that's not what it set out to be right like I guess when I read it I was thinking it would be more along the lines of a Angie Thomas book like The Hate You Give or On The Come Up where it'd be very much so talking about like that experience whereas this it felt really more just about like the race for prom queen and stuff and it didn't really delve deep into the issues that it brought up and so it doesn't detract from the story the story is still super cute and stuff it just like isn't that profound like wow factor that I really thought it would be given the situation and I think that's why I think that it feels more middle school age because it's not really trying to delve deep into these things it's just trying to like put them out there and acknowledge them which is still good and it's still great acknowledgement and we still love that there's representation of minority characters it just like has that different feel to it that I needed to 
acknowledge in talking about the writing. But I still love the story and I still think it's an amazing book. And so now we're going to move on to talking about the plot. And I just have to start with the fact that Campbell Confidential scares the shit out of me. Like, if that was how my high school worked, I would quit school and, like, move states or something. Because imagine having a social media platform for literally, like, your school and the surrounding schools. And, like, that's it. No other place uses it. It literally is, like, only on school. And people are constantly recording. And, like, any step you make, like, could end up on this Campbell Confidential website. Like, that scares the shit out of me. And I'm not even a well-known person at school, right? Like, I wasn't popular or anything. But just, like, the fact that that would exist scares me so much. So, I don't know how these people graduate from the school because I would, like, quit. I wouldn't go. I It just, it scares me. Um, and then, okay, moving on to Lighty's, like, prom campaign. We do kind of love that as soon as she says she's going to run, Gabby is in full-on planning mode, like, this is war and strategizing and everything, and, like, if I was a character in this book, I wouldn't be Gabby because eventually later on, like, Gabby's a little bit of a backstabbing bitch, but I would be Gabby in the sense that, like, she is going all out and planning for Lady's campaign and everything, um, and I have to throw on the side note here, Gabby's last name is Marino. But thanks to Survivor, I can't help but see Mariano because that's Boston Rob's last name. His name is Rob Mariano. And I can't not see that. So it's a little bit of a struggle. Um, and then also going back to Gabby, like going way over the top for prom campaigning. She literally has Stone make an algorithm to track the competition and like I aspire to have her, like, full-on we're-going-to-war planning skills because I plan, but I don't plan this hard. Um, and then we see Whitey go to the meeting where Ma- Rachel makes an affirmative action comment, which, fuck her, because that's not okay and we hate that. And, like, where does Rachel get off with, like, literally direct, blatant racism? Which, okay, I guess, you know... Later on, the principal is, like, blatantly homophobic and, you know, that's not okay. And, like, maybe this does contradict my point of the fact that, like, it doesn't address the topics because it does with the fact that Rachel gets away with being blatantly racist. Um, so we hated that. Uh, but we do love Amanda for stepping in and for saying something in defense of Lady because that was amazing and sweet. And, I mean... Obviously, she's just being, like, a normal, decent human being in the fact that she does that. But Lady doesn't have anybody else defending her, so we love that somebody is defending her. Um, And then we see her and Jordan in the park cleanup. And the fact that Jordan still remembers all the things to calm her down with her anxiety. And they are so cute as, like, platonic friends. And I love them, and I love that their friendship kind of gets rekindled. But also, if somebody wanted to write, like, an alternate universe reunited lovers fan fiction, I wouldn't be mad about it. Because, like, in an alternate universe where Whitey was straight, I think they would be really cute. And them as, like, a reunited lovers couple would be really, really cute. And, like, I love the book and I love the way it ends. But, like, that would be another fun book to read and to, like, explore the same thing. But, like through that view anyways um 
Then we see Lighty teaching Amanda the arrangement after school, and that was really cute. I love Lighty and Amanda. They're so adorable together. Um, and then we go to the Bake Off, which the Bake Off is the only prom event I approve of. Like, all the shit they have to do to, like, run for prom court, I think is crazy and insane. And, like, yes, okay, some of the stuff about, like, cleaning up the park and all is nice. But, like Lighty said, it's community service serving a community that doesn't need help. Now, the Bake Off, on the other hand, is so fun because everybody loves the Great British Baking Show, and it would be so fun to do, like, a school Bake Off thing. And then we also love it because Lighty and Amanda hide under the tray during the food fight, and they almost kiss, which was really cute. And then we also love that Lighty kicks ass and sells the most of her pound cake. So, overall, the Bake Off was just amazing. Um... And then we see, again, some more bonding with Amanda over prom events as they stack chairs for choir and discuss their mutual love for Kitteridge. Um, and then what was really fun was Lady was like, hey, let's go actually help some people who need it. And they go to the, like, youth home? Not necessarily home, but, like, after-school program thing. And we love that Peanut calls out Lady on her crush and she was like, you're looking at Amanda like Princess Tiana looks at Naveen. And I was like, she's so adorable. Like, I loved that. Um, and then we go to Liz and Gabby fighting over Gabby's comments about Lady's sexuality. Which, Gabby should never have made those comments, right? And, like, it was a whole mess of a situation. But it is not Gabby's place to say and... It really sucks that Gabby was like, yeah, well, she shouldn't be so open about her sexuality because she's never going to win prom queen. And Gabby was like, it's not like I'm being homophobic. I just think she's never going to win. And it's okay, lady, that you're gay because you actually hide it, which is being homophobic. And I, I hated this for a lady because I didn't give a shit about Gabby. Gabby, I could take her leave, right? Like that just made her annoying in my mind. But I hated this for Lighty because this was one of her best friends and somebody she put her complete trust in and, like, she's going out and saying that shit, like, makes it really hard. And I hated that they were in a fight because of it because Lighty, I feel like, had really come to rely on Gabby's support, especially because Lighty doesn't know anything about, like, all the prom shit. But Gabby, or not Gabby, Lighty was totally justified in, like, everything that she did and, like, cutting Gabby off and stuff because her comments weren't okay and so I hated the situation but it was totally necessary for everything that was going on you know and now on the flip side of best friend fights we do love that Lady and Jordan have formed this truce and that they are now okay and on their path to being best friends again I love that um and then we see powder puff which like why does Powder Puff even exist? I don't understand it. Like, okay, I get it if you want to be like, oh, girls can play a football game, but why Powder Puff? Like, what the fuck is that name? And, like, girls should be allowed to be on regular high school football teams if they want to be. So, like, why the fuck does this have to be a thing? Like, I just hate a lot of high school football and, like, a lot of the traditions that are associated with high school football and a lot of media where it's, like, idolizing high school football players. 
I say this having watched All American and I still like really enjoyed that, but also I hate the idolization of high school football and high school football players. So I guess Powderpuff is just part of that and so I hate it on principle. Um so I hated that this was a thing. I love that Lady did so well in it though, and I love that she was like scoring touchdowns and then she made Jordan carry her off the field, which is a really, really smart campaign move. So we love that for her. And then one of the high points of the book is the Kitteridge concert. Oh my God, I loved this. And we love that Amanda's cousin is in the band and then they start kissing afterwards. And it was just so cute and I loved it. And then Again, like, Jordan and Lady are so cute as friends because Jordan starts teasing Lady about Amanda, which is really cute. And then they're just, like, everything's good for a little bit because they go and make out in Amanda's car. And then even though Amanda shows up at lunch and Gabby flips shit, which, like, again, fuck Gabby, um, and Lady's, like, not totally defending her, we do love that Lady then showed up at her house and they were able to make up, so it was totally worth it. And then we go to the party, which really sucks because we go from this high of Lady feeling like she finally fit in to this low of, like, being super jealous about Amanda and eventually breaking up with Amanda. And then she gets so, like, anxiety-ridden and stuff that she throws up, which really sucks. But we, again, love how Jordan takes care of her. And they go to breakfast the next morning and learn that Jordan tried to give her an apology letter freshman year and Gabby sabotaged her and never gave it to her, which, fuck Gabby. Like, my heart hurt so much for Lady in this moment because that really was, like, the nail in the coffin for their relationship. I mean, it wasn't. Eventually, they made up. But again, like, just having to learn that your friend, somebody you trusted, did that to you when she maybe would have had a totally, not maybe, probably really would have had a totally different high school experience if she had gotten that apology letter and maybe been able to talk to Jordan about stuff and, like, they still would have been able to be friends. So, fuck Gabby. Um, and then we do go to another high moment with the Fuck Your Failure Tale banner, which I loved, and I love the banner, and I love this description, and it was amazing. And then again, we see Lucy and Quinn being so cool to Lady at the drunk driving demo, which was amazing. And I love that Lucy and Quinn weren't just, like, robots, you know? Like, all the time, whenever there's a mean girl in a book, her two robot friends, like, are just there, but they're not actually, like, thinking for themselves or doing anything. And so I love that we developed these characters. And so, like, the mean girl's best friends weren't like, oh, you know, we're just best friends with her because we're best friends with her and, like, you're suck by association they're like no like you know we can think for ourselves and like actually judge people for ourselves which I loved um but side note on this um these drunk driving demos kind of really suck because there was one my freshman year of high school and freshmen even participate in like everything it was just a little bit um but we saw like the demo with them pulling out everybody and like pulling out the dead bodies, well, dead bodies, it was people acting, it wasn't real, but, like, pulling out the dead bodies from the crash, and having the cop give the girl a sobriety test and stuff, and, like, it was this whole two-day event, because all of the kids who were involved in it 
um, were taken to a, well, okay, I don't even know if these stories are true, but what I was told is they were taken to a hotel and, like, they didn't have access to their phones and stuff, and then the next day, um, freshmen had to watch a live stream of this because there wasn't enough space in the gym, but there was a mock funeral for the people who had, like, pretended to die in the crash, and they had, like, one of the parents give a eulogy and stuff, and it, like, I didn't even really know what was going on. Like, I didn't know the kids, and I was just watching a live stream. I wasn't even in the room. But, like, it fucking sucked, even as a freshman. So, yeah, those drunk driving demos are not to be taken lightly. They suck. Um, and then we get to finally telling Amanda about the scholarship and needing the money. And I love that Whitey finally came clean. And I love that it didn't happen at the very end of the book where she's like, I'm sorry, I really needed the money. Blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm glad that they actually had these conversations and were able to keep dating, like, be happy throughout most of the book. Like, even though they had their little blip of, like, breaking up, it was early enough on in the book that they were able to make up not at the very end and it was actually able to be nice. Um, and then... She gets outed by the banner in the commons. And I fucking hated this. Like, fuck the principal for being homophobic as hell and being like, oh, well, you know, he didn't say she deserved it, but he was thinking that she deserved it because, like, she, you know, is gay and that's, like, a sin or whatever the fuck he's thinking with his small town brain. And we love that Madame Simeone steps up for them and we love Gabby for swooping in and being a lawyer. But still, like, fuck the principal, fuck Rachel for outing her, like, and then fuck the principal too for being like, oh, well, you still can't go to prom together because I still have rules in my school and, like, this is not okay. I just, like, fucking sucked. And I hated this whole thing and it was, like, such a, like, dramatic moment in the book and I was so into it and then the author had to throw in the line i let out a breath i didn't know i was holding in and it just snapped me out of it because that line is so overused and it's such a cliche and everybody who like talks about books always talks about how that line is such a cliche and everybody uses it and like i just there were so many emotions going on in that scene and it was like such a like climactic point of the book and then you throw that in there I was like why why did you have to do that like you were doing so well and then you just you you kind of ruined it like it was just a lot um and then we get back on the up and up with the pep rally and I almost cried like out of happiness for a lady when all of the crowd and everybody put on the shirt with the crown like that was amazing and then again as things go we go from one amazing moment to one shitty moment because Robbie is sick and that really sucked and like I kind of thought he was gonna die so I was very happy he didn't I was very happy he was like ending up being okay but I was very scared for a moment there and then again Jordan being like the best friend brings her dinner and brought her Gabby so she could work shit out with Gabby and like showed her Campbell Confidential and how she supported her and told her about Quinn ratting out Rachel and then cursing her out in the hallway because Quinn is a queen and actually like stands up for what she believes in and Rachel's a bitch and got what she deserved. That was amazing. And then we see Amanda's proposal with the Kitteridge lead singer, which was so cute and I, I loved it. And then 
wearing her mom's prom dress, which is very, very nice, but also, like, made me think that, you know, her and Gabby's friendship was, like, not, you know, because Gabby didn't even finish her dress, so obviously that was, like, a big deal, and, like, she just left her high and dry without a dress, which, like, if one of my friends did that to me, I'd be fucking pissed because you promised me a prom dress and now you don't deliver, like, what the hell? But it was very cute with her grandmother fixing up her mom's dress and stuff. That was amazing. And then we get to prom, and the prom goodie bags have AirPods. Which, like, what the fuck kind of school is she going to that the prom goodie bags have AirPods? Because I want to go to that prom. And how much should prom tickets cost that y'all can afford to put AirPods in the prom goodie Like, that was a lot. Um, and it came out of left field because, like, no prom that I've ever heard of has given away AirPods to every student. So, like, that was one of the things that, again, took me out of reality where I was like, okay, this is definitely written for, like, younger kids because who would believe that a prom was actually giving away AirPods? Anyways, um, and at prom we learn that Lady is getting another audition for her school, which we love. And Rachel got kicked out of prom, which was the best. And then, you know, Emmy shows back up, which we love that for Jordan. And even though Rachel calls her out and is like, you can't just, like, go away to rehab and then show back up. Which, like, again, Rachel's a bitch and Emmy does not deserve to be called out by that. We love this for Jordan because Jordan was so happy that Emmy showed up. And so I was very happy for him. And then Jordan and Lighty were king and queen, which I approved because Jordan is the best. And then Jordan, you know, gave his hat to Amanda and they danced for the first dance. And it was so cute. And, like, it, as much as I was complaining about, like, some of this book being, like, not entirely written for older people, I did appreciate it and I loved it. And the way it ended was super, super cute. And, like, I could have probably read it in middle school and still found it adorable, but I did enjoy reading it, and I'm glad we read it, and I'm glad we got another book with a main character who's in multiple minorities, and it was just really great. Um, and also, like, the Fuck Your Fairy Tale banner. Like, I can't get over the Fuck Your Fairy Tale banner. I don't know why. I just can't. It was amazing. Um... So, yeah, I have been Maya Ghosh, and this has been my take on You Should See Me in a Crown by Leah Johnson. Thanks for listening. So, we're kind of a one-woman show here at My Take, so the credits are not going to be very long. This podcast is produced and edited um, by me. I do all of my own social media. The only person I really have to thank is one of my great friends, Paris, who did the music that is in the intro and that you're listening to now. So thank you, Paris, and thank you all for listening. You can reach me at underscore my take on Twitter and Instagram. And please leave a rate or review wherever you listen to this podcast. That helps a ton. So yeah, thanks for listening.